right again. My name is Kevin. I'm an alcoholic. Kevin. And Michelle, congratulations on your year. And it's a big deal. Monica, congratulations on your 12. I, I feel like I've seen a lot of faces in this room around for a number of years. And some of you are putting up big numbers in time now, double digits. And, and uh, some of us have walked other dubious paths, we might say, you know. Um, I think it was Gracia who was here and Patrick. I don't know if it's the beginning or if it's like coming back, but like when I, when I was in Escondido for a number of years, they kept teasing me about painting a hand on the back of the wall for the newcomer hand because I couldn't get 30 days together for like two years back in the 2010, 11, 12. And, uh, you know, I, I've been in and out. I did a lot of recovery homes. I, I lived in people's garages. I lived in my truck. I, I rented a tack room over in San Juan Capistrano from a guy who gave me a little space heater. I lived there for a good part of a year after I left Do It Sober back in 07. Uh, I thought I had better ideas, like hanging out at Swallows and, and drinking in a shed in the middle of the winter by myself and uh, cooked every meal out of a rice pot for the better part of a year. And uh, um, early times and Carlos Rossi had me, they had me big time. And, uh, you know, I worked in the restaurant and bar industry through most of my 20s. Uh, jobs were easy come, easy go. I could lose a job and, and within a couple of weeks have a new one. Um, more often than not, though, what I would do is, uh, you know, I used to call in and I'd use the excuses. These people are like looking at my nose over here. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I would call in, uh, back in my early 20s, I'd call in and I was sick. It was, I'm sick. And uh, you're sick? Yeah, I'm sick. Even though I was out with all the coworkers the night before, right? And, and said, okay, you can take the day off, get cleaned up. And, and then sometimes I'd come into work drunk and I had a couple bosses give us mimosa to tide us over, get through the day. And, and then it started getting to the point where uh, I was just too sick who hung over to get to work and and, and uh, I started calling in drunk I would just tell him I'm drunk I cannot get to work today and I worked with some bosses you know and, and then oh, are you going to come on Wednesday and it's like I maybe you know <laughs> I don't know because of the restaurant so you got some cash in hand and, and then it's like I can get another job pretty quickly down the road somewhere else so, you know you just get shaved and cleaned up and going you have a good interview and you have cash in hand another few weeks and and I did this from like most of my 20s, and that was after flunking out of college, just an epic manner, the way many of us do. Um, uh, so I remember the calling in drunk, and I remember telling them, yeah, I'll just come in in a few weeks and get my last paycheck. That was like my, my reserve. That was like my get sober up, get a new job reserve, a couple hundred bucks. I'd go in after a few weeks after being living out of the hotel room and doing the things that we tend to do, and, um, and I'd go get that check, and I'd come in there, and then they wouldn't even recognize me, you know, swollen tongue hanging out. Maybe I've been up three, four, five days plus, you know, I'm not sure where the shadow people are. Um, and uh, that was my twenties. That was really my twenties. And, uh, and then I started, I got a DUI and that introduced me to Alcoholics Anonymous, but I just couldn't see it being alcohol. I could see it being some other stuff. And so I was able to knock that stuff off, but then this weird transference thing happened and it was immediately fifth the day drinker from there on out immediately a fifth of day. And, um, you know, I got, I got sober for a little while and I was drunk for a little while, sober a little longer and I was drunk a little while. And it's like that. And the big book talks about try some controlled drinking, the, the ad infinitum that you read about this morning. And, you know, I wasn't fully convinced man myself. I was an alcoholic. Like I could see the need for change in my life. I could see the need for change in my life through the eyes of other people, like my family members, from my friends, from employers, you know, that, that line of like, you go in to get that last paycheck. I go in to get the last paycheck and they'd say something like, you're a really good worker when you're here, you know, and I think, and, and people laugh because others relate, you know, or maybe they just think it's crazy, but, um, you know, so there was, there was a lot of that kind of behavior. There was a lot of disappearing acts. 
uh, family be out of town, I might break into the home and, and steal some money or borrow a car, you know, things like that throughout my early 30s because I'd be sober for a while and, and maybe they let me have a key back to the house or something like that. And, uh, you know, I, I, I prayed on those that I felt like weren't going to hurt me. You know, I hurt those that were closest to me the most. Um, and uh, I just kept spinning down the spiral and there was like the more self-loathing and the more self-hatred and uh, and it took a long time to be fully convinced to my innermost self that I was an alcoholic. And, and, you know, there was a, there was a time where I had like 14 months of sobriety and I'm doing the deal and I'm living this good deal. I got sponsees and we started a meeting. My friends and I, we've got this big book study called neck deep, big book study, men's meeting on Sunday nights. Cause only serious guys get a, a book study on Sunday night during Sunday night football. Right. And, and, and I still wasn't got drunk, you know, I'm back working in the restaurant industry. Uh, I, I, didn't know how to handle emotions. I didn't know how to talk to women. I, I would get nervous. Where did I know how to meet women? It was bars, was other places. You know, and it's a couple of days later, and I'm I'd been in Escondido. Now I'm in San Bernardino, and then I'm up north of Santa Barbara, and, and I don't know why. You know, I don't know why. You know, I've got a case of malt liquor, and there I am again. You know, sitting in a park in some town I'm not real familiar with, and just drinking and crying and look into the sky and look at churches. Like, do I go to a church and just beg the priest, like take me in and like absolve me? Or I don't even know how that works, but something like that. And, um, and I knew there was a solution, Alcoholics Anonymous. I had heard it said over and over for years that there's a different way to live. And there's a different, to see you. <laughs> um, there's a different way to live. And, uh, you know, my freshman year, my pledge name was PAR, which stood for Puke and Rally. You know, I, I, I didn't start drinking really early. I started drinking at college and I couldn't drink with the dudes who could throw it down, but I tried, I tried and, and then it would be uh, throwing up, pats on the back, charging back into the party to do it again. And, uh, you know, slept in some bushes, you know, um, and then again, later in life when I had nowhere to be, you know, so I come to Alcoholics Anonymous over and over and over, welcomed every single time with open arms. There were men there who reached out and I didn't, I didn't, I was, my dad's a good man. We have a relationship ish, you know, but it was really broken. It was really, really broken. And, and I didn't really have close relationships with men growing up. And, and, and I've learned through hearing other men share that Alcoholics Anonymous, that that's what I needed, that I needed to break down those walls that I needed to open up, that I needed to go to some men's meetings and, and get in the book. Um, Fully conceded to manner myself, I was an alcoholic. They used to talk about the no matter what club, and they still do. And, and I used to always say, Man, if I could be part of the no matter what club, I wouldn't be here. I don't need alcohol. If I knew I'm not drink, I'd just be out there living life. But I don't know how to live life. And so no matter what doesn't work, because I'm always going to end up back in the bottle. And uh, there were some dark, dark times. And I didn't know if I wanted to kill myself or someone else kill me or the way I drove around drunk. I thought it was fun to be behind the wheel loaded. You know, um, we're all real lucky to be here because I know all our stories look a little different, but they all are the same. Uh, you know, that, uh, that going to the mirror, getting ready to go out one night after drinking, who knows, close to half a gallon, maybe just these black, black pits. And it's like, where, where did that little inner child go? Where did that person go that had some light and had some hope for this world? And, and yeah, it had been damaged and broken and kicked along the way, but where is it? And then I saw people in Alcoholics Anonymous who had that spark, who had that, that little twinkle was missing in my eye for a long time. And I see people here who have it and they're sharing it with each other. 
you know, for fun and for free, they tell me this altruistic program. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of big words in that big book. You know, when I first got here, I was stuttering when I was in a program down in Escondido. They asked me to read and it comes around. I'm like, like, I couldn't put words together. And then men read the book to me. They read it to me. And then I continued to read it with other guys and go to the book studies and read it and learn what the words mean. And then starting to apply it to my life. I, I think, you know, we're, we're here in chapter three and five tonight. And I think the original version of after the A, B, and C, these vital points that we need to, the original version in the manuscript says, if you're not convinced of these vital three points, reread the book to here or throw it away. Like, if you don't think this thing's for you, get out of here. It was, there was kind of more of that attitude, you know, the, try the control drinking. But what I know I found here is a life that's given me opportunity to be a different human being. Um, I was always a terrible student. I was always drinking, <laughs> you know, they kind of go hand in. And I, and I was afraid to go back to school, but I heard other members share about their stories and they were a bad student. They got sober and they put some time behind. They didn't rush into it. And then they went back to school and they're doing well. And I'm having that same experience now. I'm one class away from getting to apply to some programs that I'm really interested in. And, and that wasn't me. I thought for sure my life was going to be, you know, I used to read the, the Hunter S. Thompson's and, and Jim Morrison, no one here gets out alive. And, and books like that. And I thought for sure my life's going to burn out. You know, and I think I was part of me. was hopeful at one point that, you know, put enough stuff up my nose, do enough drinking and it's going to be gone. And then when I got close to those moments, I was terrified and realized I didn't want to die. I didn't want to die. I wanted to do something with my life. I wanted to have meaning. And Alcoholics Lounge gives me meaning. It gives me an opportunity to be a spiritual being in this world with a whole lot of other people who have different ways of looking at life, have different ways of looking and viewing God. And that's cool. This was the first place that ever felt that connection with this oneness that oversees us all and everyone's good with it. And I needed that so badly. Um, one last thing, and then I'm going to sit down and pass it to Charlie. I wore this little hat just because it says live, love, and Moab. And uh, I always wanted to get to Moab and I never got to because I always was drunk and never went anywhere. I've been there three times in the last five years. It's almost an annual trip now. We go out there and we backpack and we trail run and we, you know, just climb all over these amazing rocks. And it's like this twisted Martian landscape. And, uh, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous has taught me how to live and I'm learning how to love. And uh, people here have taught me how to do that. So thank you very much. <laughs>